The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast. Brandon, what's going on over there, dude? It is stormy, and we might have a pretty big delay for this Henrietta Lacks episode, which is fascinating. Yes, but I'm very, very thankful for the rain. I mean, it couldn't come monsoon enough, right? But I'm saving up all these oh, dad jokes. I've got rid of the dad mustache, joke, but I'm feeling more dad joke than, than ever. Uh, pretty good, man. I am actually going old school uh, classic white trash with uh, Mike's Harder Lemonade right now. Uh, what, are you, what are you enjoying over there, man? How are you feeling? I thought you were going to say Paps. If you were going really hard, uh, old school white trash, it would have been Paps PBR. Uh, man, I'm just doing the Trulies. I've crushed a couple of these lemonades. They're really good. A little acidic. They give me a little heartburn. But there's not much sugar in them, dude. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to watch my figure. I have these dancers legs and I my body just, you know, fills them up too much. And so I want to (laughs) keep light on my feet and, and, you know, you know, be be around for a while here. But, dude, so other than Henrietta Lacks, we're going to get into the Gila is I believe how it's pronounced Gila um, that that whole cell line. Uh, which is the first immortal cell line, supposedly. Like, it's the first cell line that outlived its uh, body, its human, if you will. And uh, I want to get into that. What else did you have, Brandon? Because I've got some interesting connections with Johns Hopkins and the CIA, also MK Ultra, and a former president as well. That's very interesting. But uh, I want to hear what you have before we do the housekeeping. For sure, man. Well, uh, we're going to tack on some more stuff to the adrenochrome conspiracy there. Um, I want to I want to make sure that people know that it's just it's not just one idea, uh, not one route only that rich people have gone through poor people in order to reach uh, to reach immortality. Uh, this has yeah. been this has been a, a meat grinder of an experiment for a long fucking time. And unfortunately, it's normally really, really rich people uh, infringing upon the rights and, and happiness of the really, really poor people in order for them to suck this life force out, man. So tack on a few more of those. And yeah, the John Hopkins, I mean, we, we started this thing damn near the beginning of the, the, uh, the Corona apocalypse there. Uh, so super fitting right now. Uh, it's always be talking about one of our favorite cast of characters there. Yeah, man, it all, it all kind of, when you dive into this, 
And, you know, of course, a lot of our uh, uh, listeners know about the, uh, what is that college with the airmen, Tuskegee. So, you know, for some reason, a lot of people that aren't so, you know, privy to this kind of information tend to think that this was only black people that they were doing these experiments to. And it was only back in the, you know, World War II and the Cold War era. Um, For some reason, a lot of people think that our medical elite have somehow grown a consciousness and they don't want to continue doing these things. Um, you know, and it's interesting to me, and, and like we've been saying since the beginning here, the true division isn't between races or religions, it's the elite versus the poor. I think that, you know, we, we can all agree on that, but, you know, a lot of people fall into these traps of, you know, white people hating black people because of the crime rates, or black people hating white people because uh, their ancestors were slaves to them. Uh, keep in mind, no one alive today has ever been a slave, uh, but they want reparations for some reason. It's very interesting. Uh, so we're going to get into all this stuff. It's going to be fun. Uh, housekeeping as always, man, first and foremost, uh, always, always the Patreon subscribers are the ones that make the show happen. Gotten a, a couple new ones uh, at the end of the month. We always lose a few, but we always hope to see you back as the uh, month goes on. I know how those uh, subscriptions work. So uh, thank you guys for supporting the show, whether it's three, five or $10, you guys really make the shows happen. And uh, yeah, going to keep doing a rant. I might even do a rant for tomorrow uh, about some very interesting plane movements around Tucson. There's a a weird little case where they're moving aircraft from, what is it, Nellis in Nevada over to the Davis Monthan Air Force Base, which did have a Chinese drone over it. And they're doing a lot of weird uh, movements of these uh, crafts. So gonna probably rant about that either tonight or tomorrow. So check that out under that $5 tier over there. Um, Dangerousworldstore.com is where you get all your t-shirts. Doing a sale for 4th of July, 1776 is how much each shirt is going to cost. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fire sale over there. And gonna gonna keep that up as long as I can afford it. And uh, I mean, dude, Manscaped, man, we don't know if they're still on board for this month, but we might as well promote them because uh, maybe we'll grease them a little bit, dude. So Manscaped, man, why don't you take this read? Why don't you get a little excited about shaving your nutsack and uh, let me know let me know how uh, you know how that thing's treating you over there. Well, dude, at, with me being the pussy magnet that I am, I've been able to test yes. this thing out uh, thoroughly. Uh, the, the 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 results of after using this product uh, the, the, throughout this whole month, because we've done a a little study of our own here. Uh, they're they're working, they're looking great, man. The 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 thing's still staying together. I haven't been like throwing it against the shower wall. I hope you guys, when you order this <laughs> this uh, lawnmower 4.0, you take care of it because it's a great piece of machinery. Uh, and um, it's it's got it's got a life to it. I can tell it's gonna stay hold up for for a while. And um, dude, simple and almost thoughtless. Like I just got it's a it's a secondhand thing that I can do these days. I can be like picking my 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 next song to play in the shower while i'm shaving down there i don't gotta worry about a thing which has not always been the case i was using straight razors for a long time chose just to make them a part of my facial routine and right now i'm sitting here uh nickless and 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 cutless down there so thank you manscaped (laughs) yeah dude with the old school razors you gotta like it's a it's a surgery that you're doing down there you gotta really pay attention and it's like you're sweating and you're making sure that you don't nick a vein or something. But yes, you are absolutely right, dude. That ceramic blade cuts the hair off quick. 
and uh it doesn't leave you that like irritation which is nice so um not only that lawnmower um but you know if you do use the promo code danger at manscape.com you get 20 percent off and free shipping around the world so you don't have to spend so much money on such a high-tech awesome piece of equipment if you want to get like the ball lotions or the soaps or the foot deodorants, any of these other products that they have. And they even do have some of those old school, like, you know, um, uh, manual razors that just, uh, you know, you can you can absolutely order if you just want to get some cool products and the great underwear. So 20% off when you use the promo code danger, manscaped.com, you also get free shipping around the world. And make sure you just use the right tools for your sack. If you're shaving below the belt or above the belt, as I always say, the razor doesn't know what it's cutting. So if you want to just have a nice shaving experience, order a Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. They've got the Weed Whacker. Make sure that you use the promo code DANGER to get you 20% off, and you'll be good to go, man. You're supporting a great company. Hopefully a great podcast is what you guys think as well. And they also help out with testicular cancer, not giving it to people, but you know, helping the research to get rid of testicular cancer. So uh, uh, one more time, guys, DANGER for 20% off at Manscaped.com unlock those tools for the family jewels okay do it make sure that you do it right the the ladies care about that shit i'm told but anyway dude let's get into henrietta lax man because to me it's really interesting she supposedly her family even doesn't know exactly where she's buried did you hear about this where you know she was buried in a time like I believe it was in the jim crow era with the laws uh, that that really kind of made it tough for African Americans uh, to have the rights that they very much deserve. But um, in her family plot, they believe she's near her mother, like a few yards over. But obviously, they're not going to go rooting around for her. But they don't know for sure, you know. So that's kind of fucked up. And she never really got any credit for her body becoming a complete test tube. It seems like for this insane experiment. Um, but I'll let, like, why don't you break down some of the uh, more, you know, historical things about Henrietta Lacks, and then I'll get into some of the crazy shit. Yeah, man. So Henrietta uh, was the wife of a poor uh, tobacco farmer, and she was diagnosed in 1951 at the uh, Baltimore location for John Hopkins uh, with cervical cancer. Um, she later died that same year uh, of the of complications around, uh, you know, that go along with that cervical cancer. Um, but while they were treating her, um, which by the way, the treatment back then for these kinds of, of malignant tumors involved putting like tubes of radium right next to the spot. So this Dr. Howard Jones, um, as he was inserting these radium uh, tubes near that uh, cervical cancer spot, um, he took a biopsy of her cervical cancer tumor. Um, I don't exactly know how it changed hands to this George Gay, uh, or Guy, I've heard different uh, pronunciations of his name, but this George Guy saw this biopsy, saw this, looked at the cells in this cancer, uh, this piece of uh, uh, malignant tumor, and saw that the cell line was duplicating itself and was continuing, continuing to du duplicate itself without any external like factors, like it's not inside of a body. Most cells are supposed to die. It's a really, really weird thing why this happens. Um, and it actually can be seen in other parts of our 
biology that, that, we, that we can understand. It's scary to think of, but our genes, our cells, they actually have a good reason to not keep uh, duplicating after we have uh, after we have passed on, and even they have really good reasons why not to just keep duplicating uh, so as to not let us pass pass on. Um, actually, when we're in uterus, when we're developing uh, as a, as a fetus, our hands and feet they start off as um, as like a like like almost like webbed feet, you know. But at a certain point in our development, the, our DNA tells those cells uh, that are in between the the toes and the fingers, like, "Hey, stop being cells. Go the fuck away." That's one way that cells die. But Henrietta's. Even though she died uh, later that year of nineteen, like I said, in 1951, her cells just kept duplicating and would kept keep propagating. They would keep like infecting other uh, cell samples in George Guy's uh, laboratory. So he just started handing them out, apparently. Like he, he, he had plans to do research with them. But before he even got to that research, he just called, started calling up all of his all of his lab buddies and saying, yeah. hey, you guys should check out this cell line that I have. As you mentioned, Ryan, Henrietta didn't have; she did not consent to this kind of use of the uh, of of her of her cells. And it wasn't until 1971 that her family actually got some idea that this kind of thing was being used in labs. The reason that these labs were, are so uh, that these uh, cells are so interesting that they've been dubbed the immortal cell line, like you said before, Ryan, because of that that ability to just continue to reproduce, continue to duplicate themselves and continue to, to propagate. They've become like a major, major standard in uh, biomedicine uh, research, right? So in the Western world, you're hard pressed to find a medication, a technology, a uh, treatment that wasn't used, that didn't use HeLa cells. Henrietta Lacks' yeah. names shortened to the first two uh, letters of her first and, and last name, obviously. You're well, we'll get into find... that a little bit, too. You right, know right, what right. I mean? We'll get you're into hard... that whole idea. Yeah, you're hard-pressed to find uh, uh, something that just hasn't involved Henrietta Lacks' cells. Um, uh, in particular, that, uh, that Howard Jones, the doctor who took that initial biopsy, he was like a pivotal member in the team that did the first in vitro uh, fertilization. Um, mm -hmm. so re real big medical steps here, but this is all taking place in, within the context of the Western big medicine, uh, uh industry that we have here and all done without this, the consent of this poor, poor lady. Um, yeah. I know you're, you're going to get into the different names that it might have, uh, might've been aside from Gila though. Let's, let's get into that. Well, it's, it's Gila no matter what, but the idea that it wasn't Henrietta Lacks' name, it was kind of an inside joke. I'll get into that in a little bit here. Yeah, okay. With that George Otto Gay that you were talking about, I'm uh -huh. going to pronounce it Gay because it's more fun, you know? Okay. Uh, G-A-Y, if you guys want to look this guy up. But George Otto Gay, um, it's kind of interesting that you have Operation Paperclip going down, uh, you know, before this time, uh, shortly before this time. Um, you also have, you know, this Dr. Ella Oppenheimer, who is another German. So was uh, uh, George Otto Gray. Um, not saying that they came over during Paperclip. I don't even know if that age range would check out or how that could possibly even, you know, I'm not claiming anything here. But it is interesting because they were doing Nazi-like experiments with this woman. And lots and lots of others, supposedly like 10,000 others 
in a government backed program. But I'll get into this kind of shit uh, real quick, just because it is fascinating, dude. So like you said, dude, she was kept in the dark. Um, John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins was painted as this like heroic medical entity that helped discover a miracle. You know what I mean? Um, when maybe they did, um, but they were also running tests, um, again, with about 10,000 other people throughout some, some years here. And so the idea is that Johns Hopkins was actually running, um, and, and involved heavily in this covert cold war of sorts with other leading universities running human radiation experiments without informing these subjects whatsoever, what seems like a direct violation of the Nuremberg Code, right? I mean, there's these 10 principles that that involve the Nuremberg Code that it seems like that has to be breaking at least a couple, not letting these people know that they're being irradiated against their will and against their knowledge. But um, so when we're talking about these 10,000 people, this was in the 50s mostly is when a lot of this shit was going on, according to my you know research. But as we know, and as you mentioned, they kept doing this stuff really until like the mid 70s henrietta lax learned about it and her family i should say learned about it and you said 71 i heard 75 but i mean it's in that range when they uh when they were actually disclosed yeah and, and the, the level of mis of distrust between the african-american community and uh, the medical community right there is well earned right like in in this i watched the the movie that's associated with henry lax uh, the the immortal life of henrietta lax with uh was it oprah being uh actual uh actually playing one of oh henry god Alex's, yeah it, no her is not that it's not that good it was nice to to, <laughs> to really check on what this this piece was about by this uh Really, really good journalist. Uh, Sklut is her name. Anyways, um, but they, yeah, they had this. They had been told by other family members around that time in Baltimore, like, hey, don't go in front of John Hopkins at night. Don't walk around there because they will pick you up as a black person, do experiments on mm-hmm. you, and you'll never see the light of day. Um, that 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 kind of dis- mistrust is earned, probably, no, most definitely, and most, like, just, I think, justifiably. By the experiments that we've talked about before, that are our version of of those um, of those hideous things that we hear about uh, happening across the Atlantic at that time. Yeah, and like I mentioned in the beginning, man, I, it blows my mind when people don't think that the government would still be capable of doing this. You know what I mean? Um, not not trying to turn this into like a vaccine debate. But it seems like the same kind of thing here, just on a mass scale, you know, and also like a Milgram experiment type deal. Yeah, there. It's almost saying what's healthy for society. It brings you into discussions about like what what is um almost like tantamount to discussions about what is legal and what should be legal. Like you know, if a big enough group of people wants to do something, uh, and they want to do it quick enough, to a certain extent, we would all agree in certain instances to say fuck all with the law or whatever kind of technicalities we have on the on on paper we have this belief this strong belief that this will be either better for our entire society better for our uh, our, our children um, our health today um, if we just make this 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 one change um, I, I don't know if you've I think you, you I actually had mentioned before the the show when we we're talking about our our notes here there's this scary ass uh, record of a um, Supreme Court of California decision uh, in, let's see, this was 
1990. I think it got settled a little bit later than that. Uh, something like early 2000s, maybe. While you're looking for that, dude, yeah. I, I, you mentioned it's a big enough group that gets these things done. I would argue it's it's either that or it's a it's a rich enough group. If yeah. a rich enough group wants something to happen, it's gonna fucking happen. Um, yeah. Not to get into the politics stuff, but you know this is kind of what makes a lot of people think that Trump truly won. However. Um, you know, the, the powers that be wanted a puppet in. Right. And I'm not saying that, you know, we're, we have these audits going on in Arizona. So we'll find out what happened soon enough. Uh, you know, not counting a false flag, which I am absolutely saying is going to happen, uh, possibly gotta, in Arizona. You got to give yourself an out there, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I definitely think that it's possible. Um, no, no, no. And, and honestly, dude, it makes sense. You know what I mean? It makes sense that they like if. Just put your put your, uh, you know, your reality into another reality and and think like, OK, if if Trump did win Arizona and they're about to prove that we need to fucking make something happen that they can't they can't actually find this out to be true. Um, but that's not what this episode is about. I'm just telling you, you know, like just if that well, was the case, I, this is why we could have something happen like that. For, for sure. I could also in, I think, your guys's mindset, see it as kind of already a setup in that if the powers that be were big enough were doing the right kinds of things to make the person that they want be in in control of the country or be president of the country and not what the majority of people want they could very easily just be behind this audit themselves and just as a way yeah. of like digging in the the you know, putting a finger in the wound in the gunshot wound and tr and twisting it around like getting your yeah. guys's like hopes and of hopes and of dreams like and then just taking it away and yanking you and and ending up making you feel more and more of uh, at siege you know that's a great point dude and i can see that you have uh learned how to think like a conspiracy theorist throughout this time dude that, because yeah you know that's not something that a lot of people are talking about that this audit could actually be uh perpetuated by the deep state or, you know, whatever, but let's get back to, uh, to Henrietta here, Mrs. Lax. Um, what, what's interesting. So I mentioned this program, that program was called, uh, it's a top secret, or this isn't what it's called, but it was a top secret atomic energy commission. Um, and th this was like experiments on humans, um, and basically addressed to a Dr. Fiddler. And this is the guy that was really kind of running the show out of Oak Ridge, Tennessee, um, Oak Ridge Associate Universities, um, this was originally called the Oak Ridge Institute of Nuclear Studies. Okay, so remember, it's an atomic program that they're looking at here. Um, this is shortly after the the uh, atomic bomb was dropped uh, in Japan, right around, uh, you know, shortly after the, um, you know, testing and all of this stuff. So I think that and it makes sense that that all of these things kind of tie together. Um, with this woman being uh, kind of irradiated against her knowledge and, you know, just trying to find out exactly what effects radiation could have on a human being. Um, again, this is back in the 50s, right around the same time as the bomb. So um, this this whole institute, this this uh, association was headquartered in Tennessee and they had an office in D.C., which is very interesting. Anytime that there's an office in D.C. of a a conglomerate or an organization of some kind it raises some eyebrows at least in this community as it should i think that these these organizations need to be put in check and at least you know honest with what's going on 
um, established back in 1946 to advocate medical research and technology by allowing its member institutions to access their atomic energy research facilities. Okay, so these medical institutions were allowed through this project at Oak Ridge to access nuclear technology and to treat patients with it. You know what I mean? I understand that a lot of people feel like radiation works well and, and uh, you know, x-rays are, are beneficial and they are, right? X-rays are, are absolutely beneficial. Um, but holistic people would argue that radiation is mostly going to fuck up a cancer patient or make them uh, heal a lot more sloppy uh, oftentimes the cancer comes back. You know what I mean? When we're, when we're dealing with shit like this, but you look like you had something to say, dude. Uh, yeah, no, I was actually going to just hit that point that it feels so alien. That's something that so obviously works like irradiation as, as invisible and as slow acting as it might be. It feels totally intuitive that yeah. that wouldn't be the thing that would best do the th- get a, get rid of the thing that's doing that thing by itself that caused the can the cancer in itself you know some some like bad bad neutron or, or proton that got put out in radioactivity right, in radioactive decay and made a cell start dying wrong or start not dying which is how cancer grows it's mm-hmm. just a continual like bad thing growing and it's really really strong just like henrietta Lacks's uh, own, own cells not quite immortal but it doesn't feel like we should be shooting ourselves to get the thing that's right under our skin out you know yes exactly dude and and yeah that's that's funny that you put it that way it's it's an interesting way to look at it yeah it's very alien very alien um so in 1945 obviously this is when that bomb was dropped right um and it's interesting that a lot of shit came to fruition that same year and a lot of the uh, hospitals in this organization were also at the same time when they were, you know, treating patients in their own hospitals, they were doing research covertly on the subjects on the, on the people, the workers at Los Alamos, right? This is where that, that, uh, the, the nuclear project, do you know much about Los Alamos? Cause I didn't get a chance to really look into it. I've heard the name and I know that that's where they created the bomb. Um, and they, they tested if I'm not mistaken, but do you know much about Los Alamos? Yeah, just a lot of about the fact that it's a lot of testing, and most I think chillingly, the fact that they didn't quite understand what they were screwing around with with all of those yeah, bombs, yeah, yeah. and just didn't. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they knew, and you wouldn't have to press me very hard to say that they knew and didn't do a shit, you know, didn't do anything about it, but they were setting off these bombs and then making soldiers watch it. Uh, that's going to that's going to hurt you and cause increased cancer rates at very very least if the if the if the uh, mainstream uh, radiologists are to be uh, uh, believed. <laughs> well, yeah, dude, and it makes uh, a serious case for just you know how much of pawns they these people are mm-hmm. seen as. You know what I mean? It's fascinating. So, um, just five years later, after you know the the um, the execution of the test, I should say, I guess uh, in 1950. The uh, ORINS, this is that organization I was talking about uh, in Oak Ridge, opened its first hospital, okay, and they conducted these clinical uh, trials and research for U.S. Atomic Energy Commissions, which is interesting, right? You're doing research on behalf of, a, uh, of an Atomic Energy Commission, mostly studying the effects of radiation with cancer treatment, okay? Uh, treated patients until the mid 70s like we said so that's kind of interesting dude they they act like it's done 
I forget who said it, where I heard it first, but there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. And we see that here. This thing is most likely it's continuing on today. Uh, It's just done kind of more, uh, more covertly and, or maybe even more in your face, you know, like hiding in plain sight type shit, but check out this quote really quick. And then I'll let you go uh, for a minute, dude. This quote from a Paul Beeson of Yale in 1950 when he was questioned about human radiation experiments and this basically sums up how i believe the elites see like free healthcare systems or welfare programs if like essentially if we are the ones that are 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 making this possible for you this healthcare uh we we can do what we want right we can we we need to get something out of it because it's not money from you it's money from the taxpayers right so check this out dude this is like kind of fucked up this seems like a horror movie quote uh so again this is paul beeson of yale we were taking care of them and we felt we had the right to get some return from them since it wouldn't be in professional fees and since our taxes were paying for their hospital bills that's a fucking yale doctor Right. Talking about free health care. And 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 uh, this is, again, when he was questioned about the human radiation experiments, that to me is fascinating. And it's fucking dark to say it that way. So I wonder when was do you have a date for that or an era, at least of where that comes from? Because 1950 in Yale, uh, Paul Beeson, B-E-E-S-O-N. Yeah, I just wonder how they were thinking of uh, public public health, and I know around that time, you know, Medicare and Medicaid started coming about too. So, yeah. Um, so that's interesting, dude. The way the way that um, again, when when people at the top think that I think I think I bet that that guy actually believes his his bullshit, right? Like think that thinks that he's being the 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 good guy in the face of this system yes. that we that we've built right 100 percent. i would agree with that dude i think that all these people do i think you know fauci believes that he's doing something great even though you know i just heard a guy named i think his name is steve hatfill um another guy kind of like and look for this guy to pop up dead soon the steve hatfill he's very uh he, you know he's tied in with steve bannon and shit but i mean this guy is like a, a carrie mullis 2.0 you know very very educated intelligent guy that just says yeah fauci doesn't know a thing about anything when it comes to med- medical research or, or practices he's in an administrative empty suit and he doesn't know what he's doing this guy was one of the first ones to really kind of quantify what coronavirus really was um and so it's interesting that you have a lot of professionals saying that this dude doesn't know his shit usually someone at that level in such a tight-knit community like that, um, like medical elites, they you would think that they would tend to agree. Now, I understand that there is a monetary value in saying that someone like Fauci doesn't know his shit, and this is the reason A, B, C, D, E, F, G, he doesn't know because of this, and I have the credentials and the education to back it up. There's a great monetary uh, value there for a lot of people. Yeah, and even the skeptic has to because I, what I'll normally talk about is the fact that eventually there are going to be whistleblowers. There are going to be people with that are credentialed um, who are basing their critiques of someone or some idea or some action, uh, you know, out there in public, and they're basing that in, in with good evidence. And then when a certain amount of people start making the same noise about the same person, uh, you, you you sometimes gotta gotta listen to them because sometimes it's only a few people that that change the course of of a, a terribly unethical act i'll give you another example from the medical uh from medical history here this is chester southam 
uh, was a, a doctor who actually injected those HeLa cells that we were talking about earlier, injected um, people with dementia. Uh, and, and often, sometimes they were prisoners too, people who really couldn't consent to this treatment. He injected them with this, uh, with these these HeLa cells and wanted to see if there was something about having dementia or being poor and black, apparently, <laughs> that would help you fight off the cancer even faster. And and that was a, that was a project proposed in 1962. He started getting on with it in 1963. And thankfully, three doctors who were close to him, um, he, he asked to he who he asked to help him in his endeavors. Three of them refused to help and then resigned their positions and alerted the public. Those ended up being uh, Nuremberg Code violations, right? You got, he was found guilty of fraud, deceit, unprofessional con- uh, conduct, and placed on probation for one year. But guess what? A few years later, he's elected president of the American Association of Cancer Research. Oh, <laughs> about fascinating. That? <laughs> like they did. once you're connected man it's really really hard to get disconnected unless you're me too i think here exactly and even so. even that is being being tested did you see jeffrey tubin back on cnn by chance yeah dude yeah that's that's a disgrace and <laughs> I, so I you crazy. know they're i know man and like they're just asking like it's like a hot girl too like a hot anchor chick like being Dana, like Dana. so you masturbated and i guess we gotta talk about it here um you know yeah dude uh it, it's not nepotism. What is that? Elitism? I mean, it's just a weird thing. Like these people look out for their own. I don't know if you could, if that would fall into nepotism or not. I, you know, I know that's more no, family related. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, it, it reeks of an aristocracy, right. Of, okay. uh, of, of plutocracy uh, kind of too. Right. Abs- absolutely. It's just, you got rich, you got rich people up there, man. Like, uh, yeah. even, you know, even the, the liberals as, as bad as, as clunky as they say it, um, a lot of their uh, basis for concern about race, which comes up a lot in Hen- the Henrietta Lacks story and in a lot of the stories that you just mentioned, because obviously an, a disproportionate number of the armed uh, services are minorities uh, as well. But uh, they're also they're also worried about this rich and poor divide, too. So even if you guys are hearing my, my dear cousin here talk about the fact that it's not race, understand we're both aiming at the same thing here, at least. Give us a little bit of room to disagree, but we both... Both yeah. know who this, the evil groups are to a certain extent, right? Yeah, dude, it's it's very interesting here. Um, I've got a couple of pretty interesting little bits from this article I was reading where this this individual was citing. Uh, this is on Mind Control. I can't see my whole my whole uh, link here, but it's Mind Control. It's like a blog, uh, essentially on uh, WordPress. And, um, you know, these, you can take the, the evidence, you know, however you want, or you can, you can say that it's not real, really sourced or whatever, but these are other programs that have been admitted to, and I'm going to read for a bit here, Brandon. So jump in anytime you want, but, um, so these are other experiments like, uh, you know, uh, heavily going against the Nuremberg code. So between 1945 and 1947, approximately 800 pregnant women were secretly given radioactive iron cocktails during their treatment at the Vanderbilt University prenatal clinic in Nashville to study iron metabolism during pregnancy. The Rockefeller Foundation funded the covert irradiation human guinea pig program, dude. It's the Rockefeller Foundation. Anytime you see like Rothschilds or Rockefellers on there, they're doing shit that not everyone else can get away with. 
with they they have to have like you have to have certain connections to get these materials in the first place. Like even back then, there yeah. are huge like <laughs> government point. regulations to to have it. So you've got to go to somebody well connected. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's that shit is just crazy to me. Just deliberately giving giving uh, radioactive iron cocktails to say that you're testing blood treatment. That's clearly not what it was. When you go to like what happened with Henrietta Lacks, um, it's the same shit. She was just being tested um, or experimented on against her knowledge, and and this is why you know they came up with they struck gold with her um, at the cost of her life, uh, frankly. But at University of Tennessee Memphis during the late the late 1940s. Seven male infants, one white and six black, were secretly fed radioactive iodine. The covert program was funded uh, by the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission to check for hypothroidism. Hold on. Give me a minute here. Hypothroidism. Okay, I don't know what the fuck that is, but the fact that you're giving infants uh, something that the Atomic Energy Commission of the U.S. is funding. It's hyperthyroidism. And that's that that that's that like super information hypo hypo it's okay that's, that's hypo hyper yeah, these, yeah all of these all of these radio radiologic treatments have to do with the way that your cells are being produced and the rate at which they're dying off and your your all those those nodes those uh those those lymphs are, are really key to that um, exactly that yeah yeah related. because this is where cancer kind of starts is in like your thyroids or like where it can really spread right if I'm not mistaken. Um, So then we got this too. At the State of University of Iowa, and it's all in universities, keep in mind, and these are all tied in with that uh, Orens organization based out of Oak Ridge that I mentioned earlier on. The name has since changed. Um, But at the uh, University of Iowa, 17 newborn infants receive intramuscular radioiodine to study uh, thyroidal uptake. Eight newborns received oral radioiodine this covert program was also funded by the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission. Okay, what say you about this? Um, big atomic energy sounds really scary. Again, sounds very anti. <laughs> it's just not intuitive, uh, even from like the shared hippie thoughts. I think that you and I might have about the um, about about nuclear war and nuclear holocaust. Those having an industry like that just screams, holy shit, there's going to be problems with it. And if you're of the the idea that the government is not the best people to do this, well, the government is the first people, the first group who got to uh, to atomic power. So they've they've already got the monopoly on this motherfucker, unfortunately. Yeah, dude, it's fucked. But okay, so then check this one out too. During the 1950s, UC Berkeley had secretly injected radioisotope phosphorus 32. Okay, that is nuclear shit right there. Into pregnant women before and after delivery. UC Berkeley had also conducted experimental total body x-ray irradiation of patients to determine occupational risk for workers on the World War II Manhattan Project. So they're looking after these guys that dropped the bomb. Um, trying to make sure that they're going to be safe hanging out with this fucking bomb. Uh, meanwhile, again, breaking Nuremberg code shit, right? Uh, go ahead. Would you... So is the idea at this point, uh, before we get out of nuclear stuff, is the idea at that point that if no one in the world really knows about what the hell is going on with atomic energy and if it looks like a promising venture and we need to do human trials... 
that what is it? It should, it should all just be consent, right? No, no matter what kind of a crazy experiment it is, absolutely. As, man. as long as it's is it's consented to, um, that they can. I mean, the government should have asked to should, should have asked for consent. Is that is that the 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 gist behind behind these? I mean, there are obviously hard lines between where there's just a terrible experiment going on amongst terribly poor, mistrot, mistreated people. But there's there's also the idea that I'm trying to be devil's advocate here in the best way here, where we do need to run some experiments yeah, yeah. this way. But it's just, is it, the main problem is that they're not being open and honest, right? I mean, that's what I would say. I know you're saying that you're being devil's advocate, but would you disagree as yourself? Would you think that people should undergo medical treatment without information as long as it's for the greater good? No, 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 uh, no. Um, in 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 the vast vast scheme of things, absolutely yeah. not. I'm I'm down Good, with, cool. with informed consent. And actually, uh, we uh, we can end it end this whole episode later with a nice story about how the Lax family got a little bit of reprieve in that way. But it's such it's such pittance. And again, they're they're doing these experiments because they're afraid of the enemy that actually, thankfully, never bombed us, and we never bombed yeah. them, and we're just taking out the poor. So. Yeah, yeah, dude, listeners listeners can't see this, but I got, and you probably can't see this either, Brandon, but I got this really cool pin from the Cold War era, clearly, uh, at this really cool little store downtown in Tucson. If you're ever in Tucson, uh, check out Generation Cool on 4th Avenue, super fun place. But they've got all these pins, and it's Uncle Sam kicking a bear in the ass, and it says, beat the Russians. It's so fucking <laughs> dope, dude. It's really cool. Uh, and it was only five bucks. I got all kinds of cool shit like that there. Um, let me read uh, one or two more of these, and then I'll move on to a nasal radiation thing, which uh, yeah, I don't know about you, but when I think of nasal, I think of how they're using the PCR test, right? And how they're, uh, how they're sticking uh, the shit up people's nose, swabbing their fucking brain almost, and then, you know, putting that into a test. That shit could be radiated very, very much. Uh, it's very possible. So I'll get into that after this one here, right? Uh, last one. Between 1946 and 1958, the U.S. exploded 67 atomic and hydrogen bombs at Bikini and Eniwetok. Have you heard of this? E-N-E-W-E-T-O-K? Hmm, no, no. Eniwetok? Uh, in the Marshall Islands. The Rongelab people of the islands were uh, deliberately exposed to radiation fallout from the bombs because of the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission's Advisory Committee on Biology and Medicine. They found that an opportunity to use uh, for a useful genetic study of the effects on these people and the Marshall Islands cervical cancer mortality is 60 times greater than the mainland United States. So what happened after they did this little experiment the people today are still suffering from this. The The Marshall Islands, the cervical cancer, I'll say that again, the cervical cancer is 60 times greater than it is in mainland United States. It's horrible, dude. And then you've got Godzilla to worry about, too. I mean, those are directly attributed to, to those. Is that where that's at? Too. Yeah. So, so actually, yeah, yeah. The, the Marshall Islands is like between Hawaii and the, and the Philippines. But that's, oh, that's, shit. that's the Japanese expression of the... Uh, fear that they had surrounding the atomic weapon too like there there's a whole bunch of people doing all these experiments especially in like i think it was like uh french papua new guinea uh like this is gonna oh, affect yeah. our, our, our wildlife God dude yeah godzilla's a fucking radiated lizard yeah 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 he's 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 just yeah, a big cancer think about that. on, That's on the earth man yeah <laughs> that's kind of funny dude and you're speaking of papua new guinea supposedly they called the the uh, term 
uh, guinea pig comes from that area, like human guinea pig, not the animal, the human guinea pig. Uh, mm. They really ran some fucked up tests on the people of, of New Guinea over there, too. So that's kind of interesting. Anywhere there are natives, dude, like first yeah, nation, yeah, yeah. first nation people, they just get. I mean, that's there's 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 the the American Holocaust right there. Yeah, well, there's a few. You know what I mean? There's a few that that uh, that the, the government, not the American people, but the government has really sort of uh, you know helped help bring to fruition. Unfortunately, but let's get into this nasal radiation shit. Um, it's pretty interesting too. So from 1948 to 1954, Johns Hopkins ran a covert nasal radium radiation human medical experiment for 291 elementary students from Baltimore city public schools. That's right there by Johns Hopkins, right? They're not, they're, they're shitting where they eat at this point where they're literally taking almost 300 elementary school kids and they're putting for, uh, for 12 minutes in each nostril, 50 milligrams per dose uh of ra- of radiation right um this thing if you guys want to look this up you're gonna have to do some digging um but this program was called b19 and uh you're gonna have to like i said you have to do some digging but you can find it maybe just type in like johns hopkins project b19 and these kids were given uh these these doses on three separate occasions so imagine you as an elementary school kid going and having to fucking sit with something up your nose for 24 minutes three times you know what i mean like i i these fucking kids dude were just sitting there having to deal with this and guess who funded that shit brandon baltimore let's see that john hopkins by chance well they helped but it was funded by fauci's national institute of health dude the nih funded this fucking program man uh this was back in this was back in the 50s so uh I'm, i'm sure it was before he was around uh when did the nih start I don't know. Uh, they are uh, uh, an actor that, like I said, gave the Lax family a little bit of credence, uh, a little bit of credit um, later when they were screwing around with the the genomic map of Henrietta Lax's cells. Uh, but I'm sure it's got, gone by a couple names. You want me to look it up? Uh, okay, so supposedly it was in 1887, National Institutes of Health. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously Fauci probably wasn't involved at this time with the NIH. Um, cause he, you know, he really kind of came, came about during the, I think Carter administration. Um, I know he was involved heavily with Reagan. Um, but, um, yeah, it's interesting dude. but all these kids, man, literally like a high, high percentage of them. Um, I don't have the percentage marked down, but, uh, most of these kids actually later in life, they ended up with tumors in their brains, uh, lungs, mouth, or throat. And then some of these kids as young adults, all their teeth fell out. And that kind of shit would happen with radiation too. Yeah, uh, the going back to, to the Henrietta Lacks experiments, one of the ways that that George, uh, actually no, the, the Doctor Jones, uh, knew that there was something weird with these cells, and that that George Gay uh, figured this out too, is that they knew uh, with those radium rods that if you put the radium close enough to a cancerous cell, you should see at least at the cellular level, you should see it shake. They should like at least kind of, kind of, kind of, um, almost like a sponge, kind of being squeezed and let go really, really quickly. But this this radium treatment wouldn't wouldn't do them to that that cells. Now that's incredible for the, that cell line. It shows what uh, what kind of an outstander uh, or an outlier that Henrietta Lacks' cells were. But how scary is it that they, that they knew what this massively irradiated material would do 
to human flesh by that time. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, almost like, it's almost like the technology that you hear about in obstetrics, uh, which is like the the uh, the, the the medicine of, of childbirth. Um, from the uh, from the the um, golden age of the Arab civilization, where they had like people uh, very very accurately documenting the fetus at different levels of um, of, of development, right? Like, really really good, well detailed descriptions of what happens at the fetus. The reason apparently that they were so good at drawing those was because they had so many foreigners who were being killed by in their 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 pillaging wars, and the the intelligentsia in the medical field would just go out there and cut into these bodies, and they'd have enough people, enough dead mothers, just sitting there waiting to be cut into. This is another example of just like how bloody the advances of medical science are. And especially in in our Western culture, I mean, I know this happens a whole bunch throughout the entire uh, world, but the way that we've funded the same actors over and over again, it really, really bleeds true when you start hearing about yeah. these episodes, man. Well, yeah, and like you, you know, when when we're talking about like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, uh, Bill Gates' dad was a Rockefeller crony, right? Um, and and you know, very involved with Planned Parenthood, very involved with experimental treatments, um, and this is why when you look up who's the most powerful doctor in the world. It's a, uh, you know, non-formally trained, rich-ass motherfucker by the name Bill Gates. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly why. There's no other good reason why Bill Gates would be uh, listed as the most powerful doctor in the world. Because he's not a doctor. He is not that. He's a lot of things. Um, but he's not that at all. Um, I, I'm going to get a little esoteric now. And maybe like a little occult here. Yeah. Um, talking about the Gila shit. H-E-L-A. This was, like you said supposedly named for Henrietta Lacks, like you said, uh, perfectly taking the first two letters of her first and last name. It's very interesting, dude, that her her birth name was Loretta Pleasant. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I didn't exactly see how that name changed changed around. But uh, with and it's fascinating, dude, with uh, with with slave names, you got to understand because that she lived in an area that was owned by the Lacks family, which was a slave, owner, yeah, yeah. slave owner family. So they did whatever they wanted with their with their bodies, much less their names. You know, but <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. But I, I do kind of find it interesting. Like her name is Loretta Pleasant. Pleasant's like a positive thing, you know, mm -hmm. and then lax is obviously a negative thing. So you're taking something positive and turning it into negative. You see what I'm saying? Like if you're lacking yeah, yeah. in something yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously pleasant's a good thing. It's kind of interesting just to kind of make it uh, have some more of that sort of uh, I don't want to call it demonic energy, but just negative energy, um, especially. And, and the reason that I bring up demonic is because of Gila, which you know, this is based off hell, H-E-L, which is a Norse god, also, or goddess, also referred to as Hela, right? H-E-L-A. So this Norse goddess is uh, one of the descendants of Loki, who, you know, it's ironic sometimes when we find ourselves in these weird little coincidences where we're putting out an episode and then like Disney is making, um, you know, that Loki series right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of I thought it was kind of cool. It, it got me a little excited just hearing Loki. And then I haven't watched that show. I'm not a big fan of Disney, but it's fascinating when you have this <laughs> this goddess of death, essentially like this two two uh, faced horror is what she was known as uh, by the Nordic people. Um, 
I'll just kind of read through my notes here. It's, it's pretty, pretty straightforward, but known as the ancient goddess of the dead within Norse mythology and widely thought by experts to be the Christian basis for hell. So you're taking this immortal cell line, which, you know, if you are immortal, you're going against God. If you believe in God, um, you know, you're trying to stay in Satan's playground for your entire life. And you're naming it after the goddess, the Norse goddess of hell. Yeah. Very fucking coincidental at the very least. I think that there's definitely some symbolism there because when I was trying to find occult meanings of helium and uh, lanthium, I think is what it is. I uh, it sound, probably sound like a retard. There's probably a, uh, a chemist out there punching the air, hearing how I'm pronouncing that. But it, to me, the, when I was researching, trying to find some occult meaning of helium, the pentagram kept showing up, but it was too long of an article for me to actually read in time for this because I was kind of like cramming for this research fascinating shit though when you start getting a lot of antichrist uh sort of yeah. messaging in the name of what this uh immortal cell line is and it's supposed to be the savior of humanity jonah salk used it to to create the polio vaccine um and like you said a lot of a lot of medical breakthroughs have come through this woman's uh cell line and i just kind of find it kind of interesting put your conspiracy psycho hat on for a minute here brennan don't you think that someone that they created the immortal cell line for, and so much science has been based off of this individual. Don't you think she's been kind of painted as like an antichrist? Like, uh, like they took her or they took her energy, they took her body, they turned it into something different, and they're using it, and they named it after Gila when her right. real name was really Loretta Pleasant, and they act like it's going from Henrietta Lacks. And I've got more on the Gila thing too, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So when you're talking about immortality and uh, a woman who is, I think, pictured and known very well to uh, have um, uh, to to have loved red uh, red lipstick and red uh, toenails. Uh, nope. and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is when we throw around Christian uh, like esotericism, Christian mysticism. There's a whole bunch of like you can you can make anything fit. I would argue, but I think unfortunately. The more direct uh, interpretation of Henrietta Lacks would be, I hate using this term and I'll explain myself afterwards, but the whore of Babylon. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's not that, because in, in Revelation, the whore of Babylon is the thing that gives uh, birth to the Antichrist in some form. There's some weird disconnects there. But it's also not that she is like a whore. You're, you can't you don't have to say that. The whore of Babylon is, a, is an idea that out of this well of badness, and, you know, in 1950s America, as we're doing Cold War experiments, maybe, uh, you know, breaking the the, the fourth uh, the, the fourth dimension and getting into like uh, extra dimensional stuff, that stuff is going around at that time. And so out of this well of badness, right, the American uh, post-World War II uh, 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 culture comes a an Antichrist and a key feature of the Antichrist yes. is that he will be punctured. Uh, and I think um, he'll be punctured and his bones will be crushed, but the Bible says he will not sustain any injury. And a heal wow. cell line, that is the exact kind of thing that you need. So, yeah, the because you can because Christian uh, uh, prophecy is so ubiquitous with a lot of our most famous stories. Um, 
I say this not jokingly, but like even Star Wars, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Can, well, no, we yeah, can, dude. Yeah, we can make a whole bunch of connections between those. But yes, yeah, uh, very no, very obviously, Christian eschatology says um, watch out for something that says it can make you live forever because that is the that's the temptation of the of the devil, don't you know? Yeah, it's funny that you bring up that Star Wars thing and you you say that you hate to mention it because I'm reaching out to a guy, uh, Conspiracy Kyle, where we've exchanged uh, DMs and stuff, where he, his entire podcast is based off conspiracy and Star Wars. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's a very common thing. And when, when we did that predictive programming thing and Brian said Star Wars, we all kind of like laughed about it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, Star Wars, dude. We're we're Because we were going like more indie movies and what? he went super mainstream. And it, I mean, it's very true. And then your predictive programming that they, they with that uh, film produced a, an entirely new world religion, you know, too. We, that's, that's very a, true. It's a fucking thing that you can get on your dog tags in the military. Like you can be a Jedi listed just really Jedi and have a military paid Jedi funeral, which I almost signed up for. I wanted the green lightsaber, but anyway. damn, dude, you should have done that. That would have been dope. <laughs> Yeah, no, dude, I think that that shit's funny. But yeah, I mean, just think about that, dude. Like, exactly what you said. And you tie it in really nicely with, like, the whore Babylon, which we know that you're not calling Henrietta Lacks a whore. She seems very <laughs> far from that. Um, very, very far. The opposite. Um, and she was only 31 when she died, man. You know, and that's what's kind of sad is, um, you know, this picture that they have of her on Wikipedia. You know, she looks much older than 31. Kind of looks weird. She's got a big head. But um, it's sad when when people have to go through this dude and obviously she had a serious uh inequality problem these are the types of people that deserved to be upset at their country right yeah not the black lives matter group today at all um so i stand by that but go ahead yeah yeah let me expand uh, a little bit more about just how hard they 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 screwed her over here uh we mentioned before that the family didn't know for you know 20 years at almost or at least I should say that Henrietta Lacks had her cells had been being thrown around the medical community in this way. So as to achieve these experiments um, to give the medical society, like a standardized human cell line with which to work on, because with HeLa cells, you just don't got to buy new ones. You don't have to replace them because they'll just propagate. They'll just keep duplicating themselves. And you have a, 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 a endless bounty of cells on which to experiment family didn't know about that until 1971 some say another instance in which they might have learned is in 1975 when john hopkins goes back to the lax family and asks for their blood they ask for their tissue and say like we were a little bit worried about um, your uh, family's propensity to have cancer since henrietta had it why don't we let why don't you we test you they draw more blood and then come to find out just a few years later, thankfully, one of the brothers were asking around, they were drawing the family members' blood because Henrietta Lacks' cells in multiple laboratories had been spreading. Hey guys, that does it for the free portion of this episode. If you're wanting to hear the full conversation, as always, it's very, very easy. Just go to patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast where you'll leave a small one-time or monthly donation and then you'll get access to all of our full-length episodes and some other content that we put together just for the patrons. So until then, and we hope to see you there, but until then, stay safe in the dangerous world. Dangerous world.